Hour of Devastation is a fan-supported, listener-supported podcast, supported by people just like you. If you like what you hear and want to show your support, head over to patreon.com slash hour of devastation. A pledge to start from as little as one dollar. Thanks. Welcome to Hour of Devastation, a weekly Magic the Gathering podcast where we talk all things Magic the Gathering. I'm your host, Joe Loughton, and with me as always is Sam Neill. Hiya. How are you doing this week, Sam? I feel very ill. <laughs> yeah, you want to talk us through that? I am ill as hell. Yeah. I was going to say a swear word then. <laughs> I, mean, then realized... I mean, some people might consider hell a swear word. It's not, but I some mean... people might consider it a swear <laughs> I mean, if you do and you listen to this podcast, I think you need to reevaluate you. Like, <laughs> yeah. I was going to say a swear word, and I was like, at this point, I like allow myself one swear word per podcast that I can bleep out. <laughs> And I didn't want to use it in the first 30 seconds. It'll come later. Um, yeah, so you, you might remember last week I said that I was feeling kind of ill. Yeah. But I was feeling kind of better. And then I continued to to, uh, to go to work for the week. I was feeling okay. Still feeling a bit like sniffly, a bit head coldy, a bit chesty. I was like, this is fine. And then I went to Milton Keynes for the weekend. And we will talk about that in a bit. We will, yeah. Uh, and then I woke up on Monday morning and felt like I was dying. <laughs> Just had, like, a horribly tight chest, um, like, very feverish, all my muscles hurt, uh, kind of got a headache, um, sore throat, and essentially within about ten minutes of being awake on Monday morning, I convinced myself I got the coronavirus. I don't think I do, and I do not wish to make light of it. I don't think I do. <laughs> it kind of does sound like you have all of the symptoms of it, and you were in Milton Keynes where somebody died of it recently, and I mean... <laughs> yeah. For a start, like that, that was, I guess, the reason I I didn't end up going to Milton Keynes last weekend. So obviously, I was yes. going to go down too. We were going to play in a team event in the Mega Modern, but I think starting to look at the you know the very real, very worrying spread of coronavirus in the UK. I thought all of these people from all over the country coming to convene in one location that have all been interacting with other people. It's just gonna, it's just gonna do nothing but increase my chances of potentially catching something. So, I think at this point it's better to be safe than sorry. We'll postpone this. We'll, you know, I'll stick it home for now, and then we'll, you know, hopefully a couple of months' time it'll be GP Liverpool and coronavirus will be, will be an afterthought. But I think it's probably yeah. for the best that I, I didn't go now. I think. Definitely. Yeah, I think I think so. Yeah, it's perfectly reasonable. Um, so we didn't we didn't get to do the the team tournament, which is a shame. But yeah, I, I am I'm I am genuinely very gutted about it that we, we we didn't get to go. But yeah, you know, I think all things considered, it was it was a correct decision to to stay at home. Yeah, absolutely. I don't think you should feel bad about it. I mean, feel bad about it because you didn't get to play Magic all day. But yeah. <laughs> don't feel bad about it in terms of like letting anyone else down. Because uh, so I, I had the Saturday off work anyway, though I booked it off to do the the team thing. I was like, well, I've got nothing else to do on a Saturday. Uh, my partner's at work all day, so I'm going to go to Milton Keynes, and there's like commander events on all day. Yeah, which I it's well documented on this very podcast that I do not like doing um, both playing commander with random people or playing commander for prizes. Um, but as I ask her, I got that off. I'll go do that. I'll see what the prizes are like. Seems 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 like a reasonable way to spend, uh, way to spend the day. Uh, so I played some commander. Bear in mind, this is when I was feeling not ill. So yeah. you know that was that was fine. Whereas, like, if I was making that decision now, I'd be like, no. <laughs> and if I didn't, if I if I if I'd have known that the person in Milton Keynes who died of the coronavirus died on the Friday night before that Saturday, I'd have been like, no. But I didn't know. I found out when I got home on Saturday. I was like, oh no. Um, but yeah, so I played some commander with some people. Uh, the first, so essentially, it was that you paid forty-five pounds for four rounds of commander, which. In which you got everyone got given fifty ticks, and then there were fifty ticks placed in the middle. Yeah. And then there was a prize wall where ticks translated to prizes, obviously, as with every other event. And standard booster packs were twenty five ticks, which essentially puts the value of a, of a ticks of a twenty five ticks at about three to four pounds. Yeah. Which means base level, you get 50, you get one hundred and fifty ticks definitely. Which means the value is about twenty four pounds, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> ish, which is not great. And then if you win, 
you get an extra 50 ticks. So if you won all of them, you would get 300 ticks. It's not bad. Which, it's fine. If you win all of them. It's slightly more than the £45 you paid. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was like, sure, it's the only way to, like, there's no one playing Casual Commander because everyone's played into the event, that's fine. Um, so I played my first first round against some very nice people, had some good fun. I played against a person who both had an Ilharg and a Golos deck. Nice. So when he got out his Ilharg deck, I was like, okay, well, I'm going to bring out the Ilharg deck, that's fine. And then we played another game. Do you reckon they, they net decked your list from Channel Firewall? I was thinking, because it was like, I was like, I was going to ask, like, oh, did you watch that deck tech that Riley Knight did on Channel Fireball? Because that's my deck. But then I was like, well, that just makes me sound like a pompous asshole, and I don't want to do that. But his list was imagine quite Imagine the clout, though. Imagine the clout. Or imagine the person going, who the fuck is this idiot? Yeah. See, that's the one I get to bleep out. See, there you go. I get to bleep that one out. Um, who's this idiot? Just being like, thinking that they're bigger than, bigger than they are. It's like, are you playing my deck? Um, their list was quite, quite a bit different from mine. Playing some cards that like I'd considered but not included, and their deck was cool. Um, but I think I managed to win that. What did I win that one? No, I think I lost that one to someone else. And then we played another game after, and this guy got out his Golos deck. I was yeah. like, okay, I'm gonna get out my Golos deck. And then I won that one, and that was stupid. And I forgot loads of triggers because my Golos deck is incredibly obnoxious, even <laughs> for me. Um, and then I played. So that was nice. There were some very nice people, and I chatted to them like a couple of times over the weekend. That was nice. Over the weekend, over the day, I guess it was only there for one day. Uh, so that was nice. And I played another one where someone was playing a Merfolk deck, and then they played, I can't remember the name of the card, but it's a wizard. And it says, it's like a four mana wizard, and it says, tap and untap wizard you control, return target permanent, target non permanent opponent controls to their owner's hand. Nice. And, and, uh. There are quite a few Merfolk had, wizards. Yeah, and they had a quest for the something. There's a green quest that untaps creatures every turn, like a Seaborn Muse. Yeah. So it got to the point where every time anyone played anything, it got bounced to our hand. Uh, so we did that for 45 minutes, and I was like, I'm not going to play this game anymore, because <laughs> I literally can't, because they weren't winning the game, Yeah. but also we weren't. the rest of us weren't playing the game. Uh, so that was no fun, and we played another game, and one of my opponents was incredibly slow. Like, all they were doing was, like, it was, like, turn three, they were, like, playing a creature for, like, two mana. And it took them like five minutes to do so. And I was just like, okay, well, I'm just going to kill you and get you out of this game and then we can carry on. Uh, but yeah, we played some games there. I played some other games against some very nice people in the last bit. And we played two lots of sort of ticketed matches. Yeah. Uh, last one, won one. Had a nice time with... Uh, it was... Uh, was playing with a, a father and his son, which was nice. And his son was playing a terrifying dinosaur deck. So I killed him very quickly. And then the guy next to me, who's his dad, was playing a Loloro deck. Oh, cool. I'm very aware that a lot of this may not, might not make a lot of sense, and I've taken a lot of, like, Beecham's and cough syrup, <laughs> <laughs> and also had quite a lot of coffee, <laughs> so I'm aware that a lot of this, and I'm currently sweating, so I'm very aware that a lot of this might not make sense. Um, but yeah, play, playing against them, and then I won that game, and then I got to the prize wall, and was like, okay, well, 25 ticks gets you a standard boost back, how good can this prize wall be? Yeah. And then I saw a, a palancron. And a Yavimaya Hollow. Nice. Both at 155 tickets each. And I'm not going to do the maths. <laughs> but that's roughly like six booster packs worth of ticks. Yeah. I so like 18 pounds? I certainly would swap six booster packs of Theros Beyond Death for a Palancron. 1,000%. So I yeah. went into the prize wall with the, with the guy and his son. And they were looking at like the standard stuff, like looking at Brawl decks, because they had some Brawl decks there that were reasonably priced for the ticks, and some standard boost packs. And I was like, do you need all your ticks? Because the total of those two cards was 310, and I had yeah. 275. I was like, oh, do you need all your ticks? Do you mind if I... And I did okay, okay this with Francois, because I asked Francois if he, had, if he could budge on the prices of, of the things on the prize wall, or if I could give him cash, and he was like, no, but you can talk to that guy there. And I was like, that's fine. <laughs> so I did, and I offered to buy 50 of his ticks for £10, and then I used my ticks to get a palancron and a Yavimaya Hollow, which made my expense £55 for a palancron and a Yavimaya Hollow and, like, six games of Commander, which I yeah. think is fine. And then I was left with 15 ticks, which could not buy me anything, so I gave it back to the guy, and he was very appreciative, and I said, no, not at all, you helped me get some reservist cards, please enjoy your standard booster packs and your Baldex. <laughs> and it was very good, and then I traded in some cards, and I got a Replenish. Nice. So my kink is now picking up not expensive reservist cards. <laughs> Um, cards that will go up in value that aren't dual lands, essentially. Yeah. I also got a scroll rack and a damnation and a cryptic command. 
uh, by, by trading in like random crap I had in my folder. Um, it sounds like you've really cleaned up this weekend then. It was very good. I had a very good time. Uh, a couple of the groups from Birmingham did very well in the trios. Um, one of them very nearly top eighted and had a very good run. Nice. And one of them did top eight and then got kicked out in the quarters, I think. They had a very good run. Um, and it was nice to hang out with them. And it was horrible to hang out in Milton Keynes, if I'm honest with you. Because Milton <laughs> Keynes is horrible. I, I've never uh, been I before. I don't mean to offend anyone. You've never been to Milton Keynes? No. Right, so essentially it was designed by an American. I, I'm, I'm very well aware so, of what it is. It's, 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 it's all done like the grid system, isn't it? It's, it's like a grid. the closest it thing that me, we have to an American city in the UK. Yeah, once I took the exit from the motorway from the M1 to get there... It took me half an hour to find it because wow. every road looks exactly the same. And every road is like 100 junctions long yeah, or like 100 blocks long, I guess. And it, but it's got the same name. So I was turning down the wrong place and I have to, and it, like a lot of it's one way because obviously like it's a grid, so it makes no sense. And then there were some roadworks on part of it. I've not actually been into Milton Keynes. I've just been to the Jury's Inn, which is where <laughs> they always hold the Axion events. And I've been there like four, five times now. And every time, it's a miserable time. Because <laughs> oh, no. Milton Keynes makes no sense. <laughs> um, but the venue is good. And obviously, Francois and Liz, who run the events, and the Axion team behind the Traders booth are very, very good. I had a very good time. But Milton Keynes is awful. Yeah. I also paid £3.20 for a J2O. <laughs> I was not happy about it. Because <laughs> um, like, I was like, oh, can I get an orange and passion for a J2O, please? And the man behind the bar said, yes, of course. And then opened it and poured it into a glass. Oh. I was like, thank, thank you. And it's like, that'll be £3.20. And I was like, you've already poured this. <laughs> I can't say no now. I mean, you could. You could have watched him try to pour it back Yeah, but he was so nice. He, <laughs> yeah. was, he was so lovely and polite and kind. And yeah. he had such kind eyes. I felt very bad about being like, oh, no, I don't want to pay £3 for a J2O, please. Um, and it was warm as well. <laughs> and he also didn't shake it. You know how you meant to shake it? Yeah. Before you pour it, it just had all those bits. Um, but other than that, great time. Gave it to you in a, a coronavirus-filled glass as well. Oh, I mean, mate, I think I just have the flu, man. Like, I'm pretty sure I just have the flu. I hope. You and just I'm very have aware the flu. that I've spent like I, I'm pretty sure. I like. I feel okay. I mean, to be fair, if this is as bad as the coronavirus is going to get for me, then I'm okay with it. Yeah. I imagine it's very, very bad for a lot of people, and there's a lot of people that's it's just going to. Yeah, I think I think that's the thing. Like, obviously, for the vast majority of people, it's just going to be like a pretty bad flu, and they're going to have a miserable time. Mm. But for you know people who are in a who are in a high risk category, it's it it's a serious, genuine risk, and I think people just should remember that a bit more when they're they're going out and about and or being like on the internet. Oh, it's just the flu. You'll be fine. As if the flu isn't like a horrible deadly disease that kills thousands of people every year. Yeah, and if um, it was just the flu, I'm pretty sure they wouldn't like quarantine 60 million people in Italy. Yeah, and they wouldn't declare it a global pandemic, which is what they've done today. And call off all sport in Italy as well, that was the thing. Yeah, and, uh, you know, call off a lot of events around the globe. Yeah. So maybe when you're like, ah, it's just the flu, first of all, remember that the flu is very, very bad for a lot of people. And also, when you get the coronavirus, because considering your attitude is like, oh, it's only just the flu, I imagine you'll, you'll contract it because you don't care. I hope it's horrible because having the flu is horrible and apparently coronavirus is like that but worse. So it's a very unpleasant experience and will kill people. Yep. That's my advice for this episode this week. Uh, yeah, it's just a lot of people being an asshole about the coronavirus. Uh, a lot of racist jokes about the coronavirus. A lot of newspapers reporting it with just pictures of Asian people, so that's cool. Um, what a great week it's been. It's certainly been a week, yeah. Um, <laughs> it really has been a week. You can't really avoid talk of it. I mean, I know, I know I'm just no, talking it's, about it's, it now, I but like, it you can't really avoid it. it it's, it, it's I, I think it is, it's worth the discussion, and I think it is a, you know, it, it's a genuinely massive global event, and I think it is something that impacts us as, as Magic players, definitely. Like, a lot of... They've called off events, yeah. There have been, yeah, been some GPs that have been cancelled. GPs have been cancelled. Um, GDC, Games Developer, uh, Games Developer Conference, was cancelled. Uh, you've had, like, potentially like, packs or cancelling events. E3's been cancelled. Lots of big sort of gaming events have been cancelled, and I think it is... It's definitely something to consider 
strongly when you have like a social game like Magic, which is all about playing face-to-face in packed event halls with lots and lots of different people throughout a day. It's, it's something that, yeah, I think everybody just kind of needs to take stock of their, their own situation and just be like, well, can I risk not only my own health by going to this event, but can I risk health of, of the other people that I come into contact with? If you can, if you feel like you can risk your own health, uh, congratulations. Uh, please understand the privilege that that grants you by just being comfortable exposing yourself to a potentially fatal disease and probably not dying of it and feeling fine if you have it. Um, and shut up and stop telling everyone that it's going to be fine. <laughs> because it's probably not going to be a fine for a lot of people. Uh, wash your hands, stay indoors as much as you can if you are able. Um, stock up on the things you need but please don't buy 700 rolls of toilet roll because there are people uh without access to those kind of things maybe people with disabilities or people with chronic health issues that need a lot of those things that you're buying 700 of and when we're not doing our full-time jobs and then going after work to buy pasta and toilet roll we can't buy any despite the fact we really need it for a lot of reasons because you've bought it all because you're concerned that you're, I don't know, going to wipe your ass seven million times between now and a month's time. I don't really understand why you're buying that much. Um, this has just become, this has just become catharsis for me. Really, I've had yeah, a lot probably. of. We've we're we're recording later than we would have done normally. I've had a couple of days just stewing in my own flat, not really doing anything, because yeah. obviously I've kind of like slightly quarantined myself from my partner as much as possible. So we've spent a lot of time in separate rooms. So I've not really had any interaction with people apart from Facebook Messenger and Twitter. So, so um, I'm just getting it all out now. We'll talk about magic at some point. I talked yeah, about some magic. We'll have some rage here. Then we'll talk about more magic, right? Yeah, it's going to be fine. It's going to be great. I am very hopped up on Beecham's right now. <laughs> <coughs> How was your week? <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, my week was... It, it was fine. I ended up not going to Milton Keynes but I'd, I still took that time off off work that I'd had booked off so I'd booked the Friday and the Monday off work so I just had a non- long nice weekend to, uh, to myself um, yeah got some bits of shopping done got myself stocked up for the rest of the month on toilet roll and pasta uh, and yeah played a lot of arena because I guess I guess that is that is the plus side of arena and magic online is that there are ways to still play the game and, and get your magic fix if you are quarantined or sort of self-isolating yourself. Yeah. Um, yeah. No table I've... required. No chance of coronavirus. Just no handshaking. No handshaking. Yeah. yeah. No Just handshaking required. It's great. Stay at home and sit in your pants and play arena. I mean, I've been sitting in a t-shirt and so like joggers because I'm going between like incredibly hot and very, very cold. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just sit around all day and get really frustrated about the fact that you can't beat the Sacrifice deck or the Mono Red deck. That's <laughs> all I've been doing. I've just been like, I'm just going to relax and, you know, try and feel better. And I'll just play some arena because it's something I enjoy and just getting butchered by Cavalcade decks and Embercleaves. Yeah, I ended up spending the time that I would have spent at Milton Keynes playing Magic just grinding the ladder on arena. And nice. I, I, I didn't do great, to be honest. I just feel like I've, I've just been going up and down all weekend tried out a bunch of different decks as well which I, i'm quite happy with i've settled on like a build of the adventure deck in the end because i don't have like enough wild cards uh, or like all of the cards to have like the you know complete best list so i'm, I'm playing like adventure deck and then just like three copies of uro and a rather expansion explosion combo because why the hell not at this point yeah, I mean, everyone else in Arena is just playing random crap they own, so you might as well play random crap you own. Yeah, totally. So I, I have been finding that I've been having some success for that, so I'm going to keep grinding away with, with that. I think once I can get back up to a position that I'm happy enough with, I might go back to Days at Flash, because I think that's a better deck in the sort of more sort of defined meta game. But I think when I'm playing against like just so many different decks in like the gold ranks. I think it's best just to stick with this consistent adventure deck for now. Oh yeah, I've been playing against a lot of Doom Foretolds and I'm very confused. <laughs> it was not a card I was expecting <laughs> to play against in the year of our Lord 2020, honestly, yeah, but here we same. are. Same. As somebody who loves yeah. that card, yeah, I, I don't think that's a good card or correct to play it currently. Just, just, they resolved it and it didn't do anything and then they lost it. I was like, why did you put this in your deck? <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Cool. All right. Right. Since this is an on-the-fly episode, because we're considering not recording this week because I'm deathly ill, um, we haven't really planned that much. Yeah. And that suggests that we plan anything at all most weeks. Right. We've got a couple things. Where do, do you want to start? I think we should start with the announcement uh, that was made on March 9th. That is Monday. That is the banned and restricted announcement. Excellent. I have some takes. Yeah. So I, I guess last week they announced the announcement that this week they would be making a BNR announcement. Uh, they didn't say what format it would be in. They didn't say what time it was. They didn't say how many cards. It didn't really give any indication at all other than the fact that hey, we're going to ban something potentially. Well, not even, they didn't even say they were going to ban something. They just said there would be an announcement next Monday. Because mm-hmm. they, they could have just been an announcement and they could have said, oh, no change. Or they could have unbanned things. But I think, I think what we got, we were expecting some of it. And at the same time, I, I think quite a few people feel a little bit let down by this announcement uh, as there yeah. there's possibly some glaring omissions although I don't know if I agree but I guess I guess we'll right. run through the announcement and see, see right. well, first what of exactly all, happened so we can set up bragging rights for later after you've gone through the announcement yeah do you want to go through the calls that we made on Twitter yeah we can on, do on Sunday yeah so, so I on. said I said in Pioneer they would ban Inverter of Truth yeah in modern, it would be once upon a time, and yep. in legacy, in legacy, it would be underworld breach. Yeah, and you said, I said, in pioneer, it would be dig through time, probably with uh-huh. a note about underworld breach and Thassa's oracle. Mm-hmm. In modern, it'll be underworld breach, and in legacy, it'll be underworld breach. Cool. Right now, run through the actual bands, and then we can see how smart I am. So the actual bands, <laughs> right from the top, we've got first off in brawl, goalless, tireless pilgrim is banned. That's probably a good, a good idea. In Historic, the following cards are moved from suspended to banned. Once Upon a Time, Veil of Summer, and somehow it keeps getting banned, Oko Thief of Crowns. Yeah, uh, cards that are banned in every other format are now banned in this format. Yeah. <laughs> However, Historic has had an unbanning, uh, so the other announcement they made for Historic was that Field of the Dead has moved from suspended to legal. Uh, okay. And nobody... Cared. I mean, I guess if you're, uh, they're adding a bunch of new cards to Historic uh, on Thursday this week, and one of them is Knight of the Reliquary, so maybe there's some fun things you can do there. Escape Shift, oh. Field of the Dead, Knight of the Reliquary, I don't know. Oh baby, I sure look forward to liking the tweets of people that have done that and not doing it myself. Yeah, agreed. Mm. And now onto the formats that matter. Uh, modern, Once Upon a Time is banned. Big brain time. Give yourself a nice a nice tick there. A legacy. <laughs> a nice tick. A nice tick, yeah. <laughs> legacy. Yes. Underworld Breach is banned. We are both big brains there. We both got that one. Um, Pioneer. No changes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now that's the big one. Right, before we actually like dissect any of this and get into the real talk, I win, right? Yeah. I call most bands. I think so. Yeah, I think I think you you definitely got a got a two nil on that one. I I want to give myself a one point five for that one. One point five. Yeah, I got the underworld breach and legacy. Uh, but pioneer. I said dig through time would be banned, but then I did say that oh, there'll be a note about underworld breach and Das's oracle. Which that if mean... you look if you look through the list, there is definitely a, a big note about under uh, about well not necessarily Thassa's oracle, but the Demir inverter deck and the Lotus breach deck as well. Does that mean I get like two point two five? Because I got yeah. two actually correct, and then like I, I said inverter of truth, and they did mention inverter of truth. Yeah, but they didn't ban inverter of truth. Whereas I said there would just there just be a note about those decks. But yeah, that, that yeah that can't count as a point. So you get one point five, I get two. Yes, just trying to so call whatever points I can get. <laughs> no, it doesn't matter though. I win, so it doesn't matter if you get like. Yeah. It doesn't matter if I win by point five of a point or three points. I still win. Yeah, you still win, sure. <laughs> because of my gigantic brain. <laughs> cool, right, so Pioneer, nothing was banned How do yes. you feel about it? Uh, personally, I feel great about it uh, I I agree with everything that they wrote when they were talking about their feelings on the Inverter deck and the Lotus Breach deck and the Heliod Walking Blister deck and you know they're saying that look, these decks aren't 
necessarily a problem at the moment, but they are very aware of these decks and they'll be keeping an eye on them. Uh, basically, the the criteria they're looking at includes overall and match by matchup win rates, success in tournaments, population of meta game, and community sentiment amongst those decks. Mm-hmm. And ideally, they don't want to make any changes till after the players to a uh, finals in Houston, which is in April. I I really like this. I think they've been handling Pioneer just correctly, like right from the get-go. I think they've done everything right. I do think that Dig Crew Time probably just needs to go at some point, as much as I love that card. It's it's gonna be one of those one of those cards where like whenever there's a ban in the format, it's gonna be something that'll be through a dig through time deck and I think with Pioneer, I wanna live in the world where they just ban dig through time rather than the cards that die for its sins. Yeah. Like I think I agree with that take. Yeah, like you know, look at I know it's a bit of a, a bit of a different comparison, but you know, look at look at workshops and vintage. Like they're at the point where they can't ban, they can't restrict workshops, so they just restrict every other artifact. And I don't want to live in that world in Pioneer. I want to live in the world where we can just ban the ban the problem card and let us play with the other cards. It, yeah, I think that's part of the problem with the deck being that just day through time is probably the reason that deck is so good. And if you ban Dig Through Time, the Invert deck is probably still fine. Yeah. Um, the, other, the other decks playing Dig probably don't really care that much if you ban it. It's just a good piece and they'll just find other pieces. Um, like blue Right Control, for example, will just like up the number of Thassa's Interventions it's playing. Or like yeah, definitely. Or like Illuminations. Yeah. You'll find replacement pieces for Dig Through Time that aren't as good, but will like, be fine. Whereas like... You can probably Dig just play time. Treasure Cruise. Like, it's, yeah, no big yeah, deal exa- for exactly. the, like, Azorius Control decks. And I think that'd be fine because like no no one had a problem with Dig Through Time when they were playing it in blue white control because the cards you were finding were like like a wing condition that's conditional and like a wrath and that's fine. Yeah. Um, whereas Dig Through Time in the inverter deck functions as part of the combo really because you get to reduce the size of your graveyard and essentially a lot of the time it's like instant speed demonic shooter. Yeah, it just does everything in that deck. Um, yeah, like where you, when what you're finding with it is something that wins the game as opposed to like. Like, literally is something that wins the game. Sometimes you find both parts of the thing that win the game. Yep. Whereas in, like, blue-white control, it's finding a good card. Yeah. And that's that's fine, right? I think even at, even at times it feels more like playing Doomsday than Demonic Tutor. Because you, you, get this, you have a look at your graveyard and you go, right, well, I'm going to need that, that, and that. And then we'll keep these in the graveyard in case my opponent has any shenanigans. This gets around that. And then also, oh look, I found my combo pieces from the top of my deck. It's, it just does so much work in that deck specifically. And Shenanigans I think if, if, isn't legal in Pioneer. Not yet, but it probably should be. It's probably, I mean, it's bad everywhere else, so. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah so I, I think, I think it just makes sense to get rid of Dig Through Time sooner rather than later. And yeah, it. I I really like the the Inverter deck, and it would be. It'd be a shame to see that deck go, but I wouldn't mind seeing it just just hamstringed a bit. Yeah, I mean, I guess the point of this ban is just to see how both the the big talking point decks go from here, right? Yeah, the breach deck and the inverter deck. Um, but I mean, Pioneer seems great. It seems like a lot of fun. It seems very diverse. It seems like you can still kind of play what you want. Um, and I just I like. Because I I sung the praises of the way they've been handling Pioneer, being like, okay, we don't want that, we'll get rid of it. We don't want this combo, it's too good, we'll get rid of it. And now that there are two combos that are like, maybe a little bit too good, like specifically more inverted than the Breach deck, they're like, maybe a little bit too good in the same way that like, the Sahili Cat deck was a little bit too good. Yeah. They're just sort of like, now they're giving it a bit of time. Yeah. To see how it develops from here and see if the meta game can adapt. Um, And I still, I, I, I do like that approach. Um, but I did kind of prefer it where it was just like, well, this is just too good, just get rid of it, and then we'll see how the format goes on without it, and then maybe we can introduce it at a later time. Because like, like, I'm pretty sure you've said before, like, um, I'm sure there'll be a time in Pioneer where Fellow Out Guardian is legal. Like, there'll probably be a time at some point where that's where that'll be unbanned again. Um, and I, I would have preferred it if they'd have just, like, banned Inverter, right? Like, leave Dig through time, just ban, like, ban Inverter, get rid of his combo deck, and then, like, a year, 18 months down the line, when more sets have been released, where, like, 
because it's still not a stable meta game, right? It's like currently, it's just like these yeah, two, busted, I mean, these two it, busted decks. It feels it feels fairly stable to me, I think, at the moment. But I, I definitely didn't say that Felidar Guardian thing because I think I think that Felidar Guardian should just stay gone forever because at some point in the future, even if it was legal, they would print another card that did something stupid with it that was just a, just happened to be an infinite combo. Um, yeah, okay. Yeah, I, it's, it's I a very saying something card. like. Something like that where they're going to unban something at some point. I swear you said something like that. doesn't matter. No, no. <laughs> at least that's how I feel. Like, I, I would like them to unban certain things as time goes on. Yeah, definitely. As Because, you know, I mean, the format's nowhere near the set. Like, it looks nothing like how it looked when, like, Leyline of Abundance got banned, right? And that yeah, card's probably still, 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 I mean, still far too good, but, like, the metagame, like, shifts so much over time. I mean, I mean, you look at modern, like, given enough time, Jason Mines Copter is embarrassing. Stoneforge yep. Mystic is embarrassing. Agreed. Well, maybe not Stoneforge Mystic, because, you know, the, the, the Stoneforge is still kind of good. But, like, Ancestral Visions. Yeah. How bad is Ancestral Visions? How, like, how bad is that card right now? And, like, same with Bloodbraid Elf. So, I'm assuming Pioneer will get to a point where, like, Smuggler's Copter? Really? And we'll just unban that, right? Yeah, quite probably. Um, but yeah, like, I hope I, they pay a lot of attention to it, and I don't want them to be like, oh, this will be fine, and then, like, yeah, I, it just I, goes I, on and on and on without them doing something about, like, Dig Through Time or Inver or Breach. Yeah, I think they are. I think if you, if you have a look at sort of the the metagame, if you look through, like, the 5 nil lists as well on Magic Online, and it looks like it's in... I th- at least I think it looks like it's in a healthy place. You've yes, you've got Demir Inverter has taken up the lion's share of the meta, but you've also got Mono White Devotion putting up some some really high numbers as well. A lot of people are playing that deck. Also, in the past week, we've seen this this Mono Green Planeswalker deck just skyrocket in popularity. I know LSV's been playing it on stream and loves it, and he he definitely said well. He didn't say it had no bad matchups, but he definitely implied it had no bad matchups in that that special way that only LSV can do. Uh, yeah, like that deck looks sweet. So like Mono Green Stompy is definitely still just a thing. Band Spirits is still a thing, and that's great. Mono Black Aggro still seems to be putting up numbers. Azorius Control, you can just play that. The Lotus Breach deck is not putting up numbers anywhere near the Demir Inverter deck, but it's consistent, it's good. Uh, and I still just think Soltide Delirium is probably the best deck in the format. It just handles everything. It feels like the best Thoughtseize deck at this point. Yep. Thoughtseize is by far the best card in the format. Uh, it's it's a deck that plays Thoughtseize, and it doesn't care about it having its its own cards Thoughtseize. In fact, it wants that. Uh, and it just has access to really good sideboard cards against pretty much all of the other decks. You know those people that were saying we should ban Thoughtseize? Yeah. What's wrong with those people? Uh, I wouldn't even begin to fathom, the, <laughs> fathom what what is wrong with them. But I mean, uh, I can understand how you could make an argument for it. I don't think that argument is correct, but I can understand how you could argue it or why you would argue it. But I can I, understand I don't how you get right. to that point. Yeah, like, definitely. I can understand getting to a point where you're like sick of seeing thoughtsies. Yeah, but also. You'd have to get to that point and then apply no critical thought whatsoever to get to the point where we're like, oh, okay, well, this is just a necessary evil in the format. Yeah. It's like people that have never played Legacy that play Legacy once and then go, I wish Thorsa Will was banned. That card's ridiculous. And then you're like, nah, it's kind of bad most of the time. It's just necessary. Yeah. It's very good when it's good and it's horrendous when it's bad. Yeah. And that's fine to have like a card like that in the format, especially when it answers so many of the, like, the format's problems. Or like problems, but like answers so many of the powerful things in the format. Thoughtseize is a th- force of will for Pioneer and Modern. Yeah, definitely. Though less so Modern, because Thoughtseize just seems embarrassing in Modern. <laughs> no, it just doesn't matter. Right, so, that's Pioneer taken care of. Right? Anything, anything else to say on Pioneer? Uh, it's just great. Yeah, I hope they keep keep watching it. Um, I I don't have any issues with the format currently. Man. Uh, yeah, I, just, I love it. It's still still as good and as exciting as it was when it was announced. All this caffeine and whatever is in flu medication that I've put into my body has given me an unwarranted amount of podcast host confidence. Right. Uh, (laughs) Next. What format do you want to talk about next? Uh, I think we go to our favourite format next, right? If you say modern. (laughs) No. I I mean, sure. Okay, you want to get modern out of the way? Yeah, get out of the way. I don't want to talk about that. Let's let's get modern out of the way. Uh, So in modern, I said they should ban Underworld Breach. 
I still think that is true, and you know, give it a month and they'll probably ban Underworld Breach. Uh, however, you said correctly, once upon a time. That card is broken! Yes. I'm upset because I played it in Infect and now Infect's a lot worse than it was, even though it wasn't that great with Once Upon a Time. Yeah, I think just like... Free spells bad. Yeah, like everybody's been saying since Throne of Eldraine came out. Why are they printing free spells? Like, um, if, if it just cost one and a green, that would have been fine. It would have been unplayable Probably, yeah. in modern. Probably, yeah. Quite probably, or so. or they could have, they could have made it cost green instead, and then banned ancient stirrings. I think <laughs> <laughs> uh, this card's better than ancient stirrings, even if it like even probably. if you couldn't cast it free and it cost a green, it would be better than ancient stirrings. Easy, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that's how you get to this card. You're like, you can cast it for free once, and then you have to pay one and a green. That's so much mana. Oh my god. Um, the first free one is absurd. Uh, it's not fair. <laughs> yep. It's just you like mulliganing. Mulliganing doesn't matter uh, in decks where it's saying play like infect, like I said, and stuff like amulet titan. You just get an extra copy of the card you're playing. Yeah, it functions as more copies. So if you have a once upon a time in your hand, you're probably finding one yeah. of your one of your good cards, right? Like, even um, in Tron, like you, you're just casting an ancient turn for free and putting an Urza's land into play on turn one. Yes, it's stupid. It's really yep. stupid. So. Yeah, like, with, with Tron, you, you're finding a Tron land, yep. which is, like, unnecessary. In fact, yep. you're finding one of your sparse number of threats, because the problem with Infect is it doesn't have enough threats. So you just gave it four more threats, right? Because yep. you can find one of 12 pieces, and sometimes you'll just find a land that you need, or sometimes you'll find a Noble Harak, and that's just fine. Play an Amulet Titan, where you just find any of the cards in that deck. You just get to draw... It's just a, a free unmulligan. Because you get to basically any card in that deck apart from Amulet, you get to draw with Once Upon a Time. Yeah, cards obnoxious, which I think is fine. Like, I think this was a very reasonable ban. That's why I called it. Uh, I think free cards are a problem, even if they cost two mana for the rest of the game. Being able to unmulligan yourself in a format like Modern, where it's just about having all the pieces at once and just killing your opponent in one go at this point, being able to find a piece for free. It's just so powerful. Yeah, I'm very. I'm personally, I'm not very happy because I think it was fine. In inf- it, like, there's a lot of a lot of the things. It's like when a card gets banned, I'm like, can I just keep it for infect? It's like when Oko got banned, I'm like, yeah, sure, that needs to go for modern, but also can I keep it in infect? Because it's not good in infect. Like, it's not broken in infect. It's just good, right? Like Oko Probably, was like kind of the yeah. cut. Like it was the sideboard threat that you needed, or like yeah. possibly just another main deck threat that you needed. Same with Once Upon a Time. It just allowed you to find threats, and it just it, it allowed. In fact, to keep up with the rest of the format more than yeah. it allowed, like in the in opposite, like the opposite to the way that it allowed other decks to go over the top of other decks when they added once upon a time. Yeah. Uh, so in fact, probably just like crap again. It wasn't great when it had once upon a time or Oko. It's probably just crap again. Um, but is, I think it's very good. Just, for, it's just that's just a symptom of the format, though, isn't it? Like, what in fact like, being bad? Yeah. No, no, <laughs> no. I think just, just like any any deck other than Tron is always going to have its ups and downs. Just play Tron. Uh, Amulet Titan. Play Tron. You have it's to... always going to be fine. Well, yeah, okay. Amulet Titan will always have enough then. So I mean, like, like to kill Amulet <laughs> they Titan, can, they can ban whatever they want, and like apart from the Titan, like they just need to ban Primeval Titan probably. I mean, this is the thing. Like, I was kind of calling for like Primeval Titan because yeah. like the Titan deck is very, very good. Like, probably a little bit too good. It's just like the Urza decks and all the other nonsense common decks kind of keep it in check a bit. But like, I think that deck's probably too good. But to kill the Amulet deck. You need to ban either amulet or titan. Yeah. Those are your two options. Yeah, In the same way, they've, when it... they've tried banning every other thing, and then suddenly, oh, here's just two new cards for the, the deck to play with, and then yeah, you know those cards or one of those cards get banned, and yeah, you just you yeah. can't keep that deck down. It'll always find a way. Because like when it was uh, Bloom Titan, right? It was Summer Bloom. Yeah. When Summer Bloom got banned. Remember when Summer Bloom was a legal card in Modern? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what a time. Um, because that, that just killed the deck because the combo was having a summer bloom and an amulet uh, and, a, and a titan. Yeah, that was your thing. Well, with an amulet in play, but like that was your thing. That was the only way you could possibly do it. And now they just printed so many more cards where you can just do it more and more consistently. Uh, Castle Garenbrig is a hell of a magic card in that deck. Yeah. Um, but I think to kill that deck, you'll just change it. 
and you'll just keep changing it and then adapt unless you ban literally Amulet of Vigor or Prime of the Titan. Those yeah. are the only cards that kill that deck. And I think taking uh, Once Upon a Time away from them is fine, but you're also taking it away from the, the rest of the decks. So it's just kind of... Banning Once Upon a Time doesn't hurt any particular deck. It just removes it from the format, which I think is correct, because that card's ridiculous. Um, and in the same vein, I assume we see Veil of Summer get banned there soon enough. But I think... Once upon a time wasn't a, like wasn't a ban to kill any particular deck or to weaken any particular deck. It was just like this card was just a problem. <laughs> this card was just yeah. a mistake. Let's just get rid of it as soon as we can, and then that's fine. So I still play Amulet Titan. Never had the cards, or was smart enough to know how to play that deck properly. I think that's another thing with Amulet Titan specifically, is that a lot of people pick it up because they see it putting up results, and then they can't play it and they do bad with it. And they're like, "This yeah. deck's bad." It's like, "No, you're just bad," and that's fine. Like, I'm not good enough to play Amulet Titan at all. Yeah, I've stated many a time that my brain is not large enough to play an Amulet Titan deck successfully. I mean, it's it's large enough to play Ad Nauseam Tendrils successfully, and that's kind of difficult. Nah, not really. It, it is. Nah. I mean, I'm not smart enough to play that deck. You just go Ritual, Ritual, Ad Nauseam, win. Or at least you did before Veil of Summer was a card. See, the thing, the thing with that is, like, I'm very good at playing decks that make three mana on turn two. Yeah. Normally with mana dorks. And that deck can make three mana on turn two, right? Um, uh, uh, Ad Nauseam. Oh yeah, easily. Yeah, I'm just not good at that deck. <laughs> <laughs> There's so many choices. Because when I make three mana on turn two, I want to play a three mana card and then pass the turn. Yeah, it's like a coward move to me. <laughs> if, I, if, I, if I play, <laughs> if I uh, make three mana on turn two with that Nausea and I'm expected to think and I don't like that. Yeah, no, it, I, I think Ant's just... Ant's a deck for people who are either incredibly clever or incredibly stupid or incredibly brave. And I don't know where on that line I sit. I think maybe you're a combo of, the, of all three. Yeah, if that, probably. If the Incredibly compliments... stupidly brave. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. <laughs> if, the, if the implied insult doesn't outweigh the compliment. Yeah, sure. Right, okay. So do you think they should have banned Underworld Breach in Modern? What is your take on the fact that it's not banned yet? Uh, I assume that they just... They, haven't feel like they, they don't feel like they have sufficient data on the card in Modern yet. Um, I know the the Pascal Maynard deck is ridiculous, uh, and lots of people seem to think it's just the best deck in the format. Uh, it, I don't know. I'm I'm not really invested in modern in format as a format at this point at all. But from the things I've seen and the people I, I trust on the format, that deck seems like it's it's just going to do some some heinous things and. Underworld Breach is just one of the, another one of those stupid cards that sh- probably should not have been designed. Yeah, I think I agree with that. It's I think sooner or later it's going to get banned. So again, why not just just nip it in the bud now? It's another one of those cards that when we when we did like the set review, or like yeah. talked about cards from Heroes Beyond Death, we were like, this card isn't very good. I can't see this doing much. Yeah, I know. I was very much like, oh, it does cute things with. with brain freeze and uh, yeah sure but I don't think it's good enough but yep we missed that one does broken things um yeah I mean I think it should probably be banned I mean was it was it Pascal Maynard that was tweeting saying like this is the best deck in modern including banned cards yes (laughs) yeah (laughs) when someone with those kind of chops is making those kind of claims (laughs) I'm you know I want to pay attention and kind of believe what he says. Um, but like you said, like I'm not that clued into modern. I'm aware of it, and I can keep it to date in terms of Twitter and stuff, but I haven't played it in months because modern is a bad format. In terms of how I'd like to interact with magic, if you enjoy modern, that's fine. I just disagree with you. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it'll probably go at some point. It'll just do better. But like, uh, who cares about modern at this point? Like, in terms of creating interesting and you know interactive gameplay <laughs> like who cares if underworld underworld breach is legal when you can just like prime time people or urza people like who cares yeah i guess like when th- I, when cards like Thoughtseize i guess i guess the difference enough, is that like the, the the breach deck can just kill turn one yeah that's one but they've shown that they don't care about that yeah because the, the, there was a there was an argument for a while that was like Oh, this is a turn four format. Yeah. We want people to be dead by turn four. And then they banned the turn four combo deck in Splinter Twin, which was absurd. Um, and then decks have been consistently killing, or at least putting 
their opponent in an unwinnable position by turn three, turn two. Like, yeah. and like, like Infect had a turn two kill that was like not inconsistent, especially with Once Upon a Time. And it's just like they don't care that these things are legal. The, the yeah. fact that it's a turn four format. Or like it's yep. meant to be an interact. Like they don't care about that anymore. They've shown they don't care about that. Yeah, definitely. You know, like, like we said so many episodes ago. Now, Splinter Twin was was the pace car in this drag race. I know. You don't don't give me credit on that. You said that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's a very good. No, I believe when you when you said it, you completely messed it up. What you were trying to say, but it's a very good analogy. Uh, it's 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 not. I mean. It it would be if it were accurate the fact that modern is a drag race and Splinter Twin was the pace if car. If you don't if you don't think about it too much in terms of the specific ins and outs of the context you've given of the metaphor, yes, yes. it's a very good analogy. Yeah. <laughs> if you think about it for more than four seconds, you're like that doesn't mean anything. <laughs> if, if drag racing had pace cars, it would be a very good analogy. <laughs> <laughs> right. Suspend your disbelief for a minute. I've got a very yeah. good analogy. Uh, cool. Right. What if drag racing but slower? <laughs> What if drag race? Isn't that just racing? Probably. Alright. <laughs> cool, right. Should we move on to our actual favourite format? Yeah, let's get to it. Yeah, so Underworld Breach is banned in Legacy. Uh, we both clearly saw this coming. I think most people who are well clued up on Legacy did as well. Yeah, card's stupid. Yeah. I guess, like, some it's... of it spoke to how stupid Lion's Eye Diamond was more than how stupid Underworld Breach is. Yeah, um, but but again, it's that thing of like, oh, here's an old card that we've been playing for years that has mostly just been fine. Now suddenly, here's a new card printed in 2019 slash 2020 that ruins everything. Yes, uh, I just because it, it was getting to the point where uh, there were decks that were just sort of normal decks. And then you just yeah. put in some number of Underworld Breach, some number of Infernal Tutor, and some number of Lion's Eye Diamond, yeah. and a Brain Freeze. And just put put it in. <laughs> there's, like, there's a Delver deck. We're just like, let's play some LEDs and some Underworld Breaches, and we'll just win the game through that if they if they deal with this part of the deck. Yeah, so I think the issue with Underworld Breach was it didn't necessarily just have to be in like your traditional Storm setup, or what you would expect from a Storm deck. Uh, you Yeah, you were just seeing like decks that were just doing just obnoxious things with Teferi and Thassa's Oracle, as well as just doing self-mill and storm stuff. Yeah, well, there were just decks that were just like, attack you with Delver, attack you with Delver, attack you yeah. with Delver. Oh no, you've dealt with my Delver. Brain freeze you. Like, yeah, it, it was just so stupid. It functions far more just like like a, a Yorgmoth's will. Yeah, or yeah. one and a red instead of three black. Well, that's the thing as well. It was just like, sometimes it was also just a Snapcaster Mage, which is just yep. fine. It was also a Snapcaster Mage that could like cast anything <laughs> as opposed to just instants and sorceries. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm glad it's gone in that format. I think the format was very much warping around it. Like people were playing like a lot of different cards to deal with that deck that they weren't playing before. Uh, it was a lot harder to deal with than uh, Ad Nauseam Tendrils or Tez. Uh if it was like an actual build but like there are painter decks that are playing it like because they're playing led anyway so just jam these underworld breaches in your fell shooters in here yeah. why not um so i'm glad it's gone it was definitely a problem uh and i think legacy continues to be a great format i think yeah, it was still good with underworld breach but i think Underworld breach was like on the cusp of just becoming too much of a problem in the format yeah i i think it was far too much of a problem in the format and I think that deck itself sort of pushed out the other Storm decks, really. Because yeah. if you're going to play that kind of strategy, yeah. it was just correct just to play this, this Jeskai Underworld Breach deck instead. Yeah. And, I don't know, I like, I like there being a consistent number of Storm decks in Legacy because it, it means there'll be a consistent number of Delver decks. It means there'll be a consistent number of, of other fair decks as well. And... Yeah, I, I like it when Legacy's in a in a nice, healthy, balanced place. Yeah, which hopefully it can just go back to being. Yeah, I, I think so. Um, cool. Right, another format to briefly touch on, I guess. Yeah. Vintage. Yeah, we, yeah. Go ahead if you if you want to touch on vintage. Paradoxical outcome should be should be restricted. I disagree. That's true. Every BNR announcement. The card's stupid. It is. The card, the card is. The card is very good. It's an ancestral recall that makes mana. I think the the bigger problem 
the bigger problem was was Narset, definitely. I think that now Narset's been restricted. I think the decks the decks are much more more interesting. Like again, like Underworld Breach might need to be looked at in Vintage as well because it's definitely yes. things to play there. Uh, I do think that that the PO decks or the the Xerox decks, I guess, that are playing Paradoxical Outcome Two. Mm-hmm. I know not all of them do, but some of them do. Uh, do tend to sort of stifle deck design a bit because you, you look at a deck list and it's like four Force of Will, four Paradoxical Outcome, and then just all of the singleton restricted cards. Yes, but I I don't think it's that much of a problem in a world where where like shops is so good and especially dredge at the moment is so good. But to be fair, I'm also in a I'm I'm also of the opinion that we should just restrict shops, but also I don't have yeah. thousands of pounds invested in copies of Mishra's workshop. So I, I again I also agree they should restrict shops, um potentially even restrict bazaar at this point as well. But I fully understand yeah, why they should, don't yeah. and probably never will. Yeah, they should restrict bazaar as well. We are rapidly losing listener interest. Because <laughs> there are like four people that care about vintage, yeah, like, in the I, UK, I, and I, I, I am not one of them. So I, I could talk about vintage forever. I yeah. again, it's it's. I don't think it's as it's as bad as like the thoughts use argument, but I I understand the the reason why people want PO restricted. Yes. I've certainly wanted PO restricted in the past, but I think mm-hmm. currently as it stands, it's it's in a very good place. I think that the format seems quite healthy at the moment, uh, now that Narset's it's been restricted, and I'm I'm more than happy just to see it, see it how it goes, like, ride out for a bit. Yes, uh, yeah. I Underworld Breach also in Vintage, I guess, right? Yeah, yeah. Again, just just end of my card. We should probably just keep an eye on. Uh, I, I'm not seeing decks running four copies of it yet, but decks can run four copies of it, which means. Yeah, it's again. It's going to function like a Yogmoth's will in that format too. I don't know. The card was a mistake. Yeah, uh, Casey off of Scourge Diva Diva said that she thought it was a problem in Vintage, so I trust her opinion more than I trust yours and mine. Yeah, that's <laughs> uh, cool. Right, Vintage covered. Uh, that's all the formats that are affected by banner restricted announcements, right? Yeah, uh, standard. All the ones that matter. Standard, standard, standard. No changes. Yeah, that's fine. Standard is. It's not a format that I enjoy currently, but it's it's probably fine. Yes. There's like three decks, pick one. <laughs> <laughs> and then do what I did and pick a deck that isn't one of those three decks and have a bad time. Yeah. Uh, a Coria soon. I mean, just oh, I, I kind of want to ban to Fairy Time Raveler because I hate that card very much, even though I'm playing it. Uh, yeah, that card's obnoxious, but it's not probably ban worthy. It just sucks. It does, but there are plenty of other cards that also suck as as equally as that card. <laughs> yes. <laughs> looking at Nissa, looking at Uro. Embercleave. Screw that card. Embercleave, maybe. God, I hate that card. Yeah, probably. I just lose all the time. <laughs> I'm like, man, I'm doing this okay is, in this, this game is, if they don't have Embercleave. So they can't cast Embercleave at instant speed. There you go. Got them. Sure. Yeah, fine. <laughs> so I'm going to win this game if they don't have Embercleave, and then obviously they have the Embercleave. Yeah. Uh, yeah, cool. Right, that's all the bands covered. Band track covered. Sweet. Do we have anything else to talk about? Yeah, so probably while you're listening to this podcast, it'll be the release date for Mystery Booster. And this is quite a strange set. So this is this is the reprint set. This is the, the thing that they said, oh, we're, you know, we're discontinuing master sets. It's not going to be sort of reprint sets for a while. This is this is the latest incarnation of this, and I think it's pretty great to be honest i think my opinion's changed it quite a bit since it was first announced where i was a bit confused as to what it was and who it was for but i think now i've had plenty of time to sort of take it in and understand the product and yeah see like the price point of it as well i i think this product is fantastic this product is my favorite product i've never played or opened i think that's a very fair comment yeah yeah it seems sweet Everyone that I've seen who's opened packs or drafted it or posted about it on Twitter, essentially, seems to be having a great time. Yeah. Uh, all the cards look sweet. They look fun. The foil sheet, which we now have had previewed, that I obviously have not looked through because that's so many cards to look through, looks really cool. Yeah, definitely. I I like foil send triplets. That's cool. I like foil amulet of vigor. That's cool. I like the other 150 cards that are in foil. That's cool. Yeah, I I really like the, the cards they picked in foil specifically for the draft environment i think uh, i think are quite exciting like 
yeah, you've got some cool commander-centric cards in foil, but this is also a limited product, so yes, you are going to get a chance to play Helix Pinnacle in, in limited. Hell yeah. yeah yes, you, you Lantern of Insights in there and foil. There are some self-mill shenanigans you can do that helps with that nicely as well. Uh, yeah, you can do some intruder alarm shenanigans as well. There's so many cool, fun things you can do with this, and I think this is the closest to like a cube product that we'll probably see for quite a while. Yes, because I think like every every draft you do, because there's like eighteen hundred cards in the set, every draft you do is going to be completely different, and I yeah I think it's going to be a lot of fun and just have almost infinite replay value, which I think is great. Yeah, it seems great. Uh, I did a Chaos Draft on Saturday. Yeah, how did that go? Didn't get to play any games because I had to leave. Oh, no. But I drafted a cool deck and then gave it to someone else. I hope they had fun. Uh, I opened no value, which is sad. But it was a very fun draft experience. Everyone was having a good time. You get to open a lot of, like, a lot of cards you don't see regularly or don't get to interact with regularly. Um, and that's the good thing about Chaos Draft, right? Yeah. Like, so a lot of the time, the actual decks and the actual games can be kind of bad. But... Um, you know, talking about cards, because like most, I assume most mystery booster drafts that you're playing at the LGS will probably be casual, and you can like chat yeah, during the draft right. and like joke about cards that people haven't taken, people have taken, all have a good time and get on. Yeah, uh, but yeah, it's like like you were saying, this seems like a great way to print commander cards again, or like absurd command. I mean, how much is a foil helix pinnacle? Yeah, like I don't know, an absurd amount of money. Um, yeah, stuff like. You know, Foil Reaper King, you're probably never playing that in the draft. But that's a cool card for Commander. It probably won't matter anymore because the Secret Low Reaper King already exists. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, because when, when we're talking about, like... There's a Mystery Booster first draft, I was like, oh, this probably won't affect the prices that much. Because there's so little chance of those cards actually entering the market. And, like, there's so few of them opened, and there's so many cards in the set. When you think about, like, Foil Helix Pinnacle... There will probably be more foil helix pinnacles opened from mystery booster than currently exist on the market. Yeah, quite possibly. Because who the hell has even tied foils? <laughs> yeah. yeah, that is true. <laughs> they that basically true. don't. Ex- they might as well not exist. So that's cool. Uh, I am a big fan of the set. I am very excited to do a draft, or at least open a bo- open some boosters. I'm kind of considering just buying a box and opening it like an idiot. Yeah. Because I want some of the cards I, in there. It's a strange one. I think, like, yes, there's like 1,800 cards, and essentially every card is a mythic. But when boxes are pretty much the same price as your standard booster box, yeah, you're getting 24 packs. But I think I think in the short term, the value is probably going to be there. And we've never seen a product like this before, ever. So I don't know what that means for the long run, but it it probably means that, like... If you're buying something now and sitting on it, you're either going to make a bit of money or a lot of money. I don't think this there's the any thing. way that you're going to lose anything in this product in the future. I think like the thing with this product is like you can open anywhere on a spectrum between like a ten pound box and like a three thousand three thousand pound box. Like yeah, I mean more than ten pound. I think no, like I think I think that I mean there's a chance that like all the rares quote-unquote rares in the like actual things with gold symbols and red symbols can be absolute bulk right there's like a big chance of that because there's quite a few of those in the set even with the foils that's yeah. true but you can also just open a crap load of mana uh, mana crypts and like foil intruder alarms <laughs> like that, that's it yeah like i, I think whereas like with, with I, I, like think, Theros, I think i think yeah i think like, i agree with your sentiment i think your numbers are a bit off but i agree with the sentiment <laughs> i think it'll be anywhere that's anywhere from like a, like a 50 pound box to like you know arguably a 1000 pound box yeah, like, I mean, is it with Theros? Um, like, you're opening yeah. nothing, or you're opening a euro. That's it. Yeah, which still, you're probably coming out like a 50 quid box at most. Like, it's yeah, it doesn't make sense to open standard boxes at all. Nope, it doesn't, especially not now. Theros is one of the worst sets in a long time for opening yep. uh, opening for, for value. But yeah, I'm kind of interested in just opening a Mystery Booster box, and just looking through small cards and stuff. Yeah, I really want to do I, I definitely want to get one to draft, but I kind of just want to get one and open it as well. Yeah. I've just I've just pulled up like a list. I mean, it's dated uh, March seventh, and obviously all of these foils are the original printed foils. So some of them will be inflated uh, because it's very difficult to get the original printed for some of these cards. But just looking at some of the prices on the foils, uh, you're looking at send triplets. Foil send triplets is currently one hundred and thirty four dollars. So you could have done a guessing game out of this. It could have been fun. 
Foil, okay, foil Manamo School at Water's Edge. Guess how much that is, Kamigawa foil. In dollars? Yep. One thirty. No, $86. God damn it. Still a very high. Yes. Scourge of the Throne in foil. $90. $80. Yeah, I'm getting closer. All right. Yeah. Intruder Alarm, original foil. Well, 8th edition foil. 8th edition foil, because the original foil is a stronghold. Correct. (laughs) Uh, $80. $73. Okay, that's closer. That's $7 off instead of 10. Yep. Reaper King, Shadow Moor foil. $65. $65. Yeah, $63. Wait, oh, I was going to say $69. Oh, nice. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, Teferi's Puzzle Box. 7th edition foil. Uh, 7th edition foil? Yeah. And that's the only foil printing? Is that the only foil? No, it's uh, it was like 9th edition, right? edition as well. Okay, yeah, 7th cool. edition and 9th edition. 7th edition... 7th oh, edition foils. Jesus. Uh, no, but 7th edition foils, when they have another foil print, are normally that, that pad. Yeah, this one's $53. 53 Okay, sure. I was going to go for like 60 yeah. That's fine. Okay, cool. Then, yeah, next, is yeah. Zer's Weirding. Zer's Weirding? Zer's Weirding. In so foil? Has, yeah, in foil, 8th edition and 9th edition. Uh, like 10? $55. What? $55 for an 8th edition foil Zer's Weirding. Jesus Christ, okay. Yeah, I was off on that one. Uh, and the 8th was Helix Pinnacle. There he is. Uh, 90 and now $53. Oh, okay. That's oh, not as much as I thought. It's, it's still a lot, though, for a card that just doesn't uh, see any I play. deal almost exclusively in foils and Japanese cards. My, <laughs> my my barometer for what is too much to spend on a magic card is very off. <laughs> I mean, as somebody who spends the most magic money on old school cards, I, yeah. <laughs> Agree. <laughs> uh, and then, yeah, after that, we've got the ninth most expensive foil is Amulet of Vigor, like $52. After that, Shizo Death Storehouse, $43. So, like, yeah, that's 10 cards out of, like, the 121 foils that the cheapest one on that list is, like, $43. Like, even, yeah, like, you just buy a box, you're guaranteed to get your money back. All right, fine. Well, yeah. I'll use my pay this week to buy And you also get to open loads of cool cards Assuming as well. That. Like, every pack is going to be totally different. Yeah, I think it's just going to be really fun to open. Like, regardless of what you do, whether you're doing, like, sealed or draft, it's just going to be really fun, I think. Really just cracking packs. Yeah, I'm going to do that. I'm going to get one. Yes. I'm going to get one. I was locked in. Yeah. <laughs> You've convinced me. I mean, we, obviously, we did talk about coronavirus quite a lot, but, yeah, I think I want to try and get to a draft event, um, coronavirus status permitting. Yep. But uh, yeah, I, I do. I just want to draft this as soon as I can, definitely. Or at the very least, just I think buy a box I'm, and crack it. I don't know, maybe fill my box opening. I think I'm running a draft. Sweet. I think I'm running a draft Friday. Um, and hopefully, seven people turn up. So I, can, so I can say to my boss, look, we have to fire this draft. Yep. Please let me do it while working. And then I can get paid to draft Mystery Booster. <laughs> the dream. Yeah, um, but if not, I'm going to find a, a time to do it. I'm going to I'm probably going to buy a box myself, and then I'll probably try and get another box just to draft with people outside of working hours because yeah. I work every possible time I can play Magic. Uh, yeah, I'm very excited to get my hands on these cards. I think, uh, and it seems like a sweet product. And yeah, there we go. Yeah, that's <laughs> taken us over an hour, right? Uh, yeah, it has. Yeah, it's like an hour. That's over an hour of audio. Yeah, I I think Mystery Booster's great. Uh, yeah, I'm looking. I'm even looking forward to just drafting it once or twice at a Magic Fest now. I think my opinion has completely changed on it. I've gone kind of from like, why is this a thing? Just give us back master sets to, yeah, this is cool. I I really like this. Magic is strange. Yeah. I mean, Magic cards are good. Yeah. Magic Magic cards are good. And with this set, you get to look at more Magic cards than any other set. So why would you not love that inherently as an idea? It has the most Magic cards in any set ever. Including like commander products and plane chase products. Legends, which has a new card every time I look at it. <laughs> yeah, well, that's just because you're forgetful. I don't know. I don't know. I swear, every time I look at Legends, there's a card I've never seen before in it. Well, to be fair, I've found that with Standard. Someone plays a card, <laughs> and I'm like, I definitely have to read what this does. That's because I'm not that clued in on Standard, isn't it? Yeah, it's quite funny. Awesome. So I think that is pretty much all we have time for this week. Uh, if you want to get in touch and let us know your thoughts on the bands in all of the formats, were you surprised nothing was banned in Pioneer? How do you feel about Mystery Booster? Are you super stoked like we are? Hit us up on Twitter. You can get at us 
uh, hit us up on social media even. You can get us up on Twitter at hfdcast or facebook.com slash hfdcast. Or you can hit us up on Patreon at patreon.com slash devastation. If you really enjoyed anything you've heard in the show this week or previous weeks and want to give back in any monetary way, tiers start from as little as $1 per month. That's roughly 20 to 25 cents per episode there. I'm going to try and get this outro done as quickly as possible because it sounds like my windows are about blowing because it's really windy and rainy outside. The You can find us on Spotify and SoundCloud and iTunes and Apple Podcasts. Yeah, just wherever you get your podcasts. We'll hopefully be there. No, no, no. Not wherever. We should just put us on wherever and then when you've said that, that will be true and I'll spend <laughs> my day tomorrow doing that. Yeah. And actually putting us on everywhere. That makes more sense. Uh, if you would like to leave us a rating or a review or a comment or some kind of thing on one of those platforms we'd really appreciate it or just share it with your friends because we want more people to listen to the podcast yeah it's just it's a great way you can support the, the show for free and we, we massively appreciate it yeah, I mean we don't do anything to support the show for free <laughs> that's true <laughs> awesome if you want to hit me up on my own personal social media on twitter I'm Peach Garden Oaf that's Oaf with an F Facebook I'm Joe Loudon you can find me in pretty much any Magic the Gathering group I'll be there this week I've been Having a, having a good laugh at scammers. Yeah, uh, we've both been engaging with, uh, I think, my favourite thread in UK magic trading history. Yeah, I think so. If you have access to the to the trading group that we're talking about, we're not going to name any names or anything specific like that, but go, just go look at it. Have a time, have a read, enjoy yourself. If you've got a spare, I don't know, two hours? <laughs> However long it takes <laughs> to read through 600 comments, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's a wild ride and well worth it. Go check that out. It's been, it's been very good fun. Uh, you can find me there, I guess, though. Please don't. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at snail69 nice thank you very much where I'm currently just trying to get r slash free magic taken off the internet and put in a fire it's a noble cause I support you yeah because that place is full of horrible people that should all go away forever agreed yes and on that note that is pretty much all we have time for this week once again Godfarer has returned we're approaching the second hour we'll see you again next week on Horror Station.